Hi friends! Welcome to Tabi Tabi Podcast. I am your host Ethan, and this podcast is dedicated to presenting Philippine traditional stories, from monsters to tales, gods and goddesses, hunting locations, and more. There's something for everyone. Hi there! Welcome back! Hello to the Kalags who have stuck around since the beginning, and hi to the new listeners! Hopefully everyone is doing alright, and if you're not, take a step back, take a breather, and collect your thoughts. You can do it. It's finally October, the birth month of the podcast. For patrons, I've already started posting exclusive Halloween content on Patreon. And I also started posting the spooky Saturday narrations to the public, which the patrons get early access as well. If you want to listen to more Halloween episodes, head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod and enjoy exclusive Halloween content. For as little as $2, you can help support the podcast, gain early access, and listen to Patreon-exclusive content. Or, you can give me a tip at ko-fi.com slash tabitabipod. And before we proceed with the story, you know the drill. Let's thank our sponsor, Aswang Project. The Aswang Project was created in 2006 by Jordan Clark as an educational resource that shares the rich and diverse cultures of the Philippines. When I started the podcast, the Aswang Project was my main source of information about Philippine creatures, mainly because other than the fact that they have the articles ready, they provided the sources where they got the information from. So, it paved way for me to do research on my own and not rely on their side alone. They also sometimes sell books about Philippine creatures, stories, and others. And recently, they finished their new book titled Ferdinand Blumentritt's Dictionary Mythologico. So, if you want to check out their book or maybe just read more Philippine folklore, please visit their website at www.aswangproject.com. Once again, a huge thank you to Aswang Project for sponsoring today's episode. Time for patron shoutouts! So a huge thanks to the Kalags under the Multu tier. Shout out to Stephanie E, Terence C, Alyssa, Genji, and Christina N. For the Kalags under the Tao tier, a huge thanks and shout out to Veronica R, Michelle G, Jordan, Lee, Star, Mona, her daughter Luna, Carl, Bunkers, and to our latest Tao patron, Viron A. Thank you so very much for your support and I hope you like the benefits of your current tier. And hey, if you dear listeners want to become a Multo or Tao patron to support the podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod. And for the amount of 2 or $5, you can have early access, bonus episodes, exclusive updates, and more. So join us and check out the tier that fits your interest. So with that said, settle in my dear listeners and let's begin. Volcanoes are both magnificent and terrifying creations of nature. It is a crack in the crust of a planetary mass object like the Earth, from which molten rock, hot fragments, and hot gases erupt. It is also extremely amazing to see when it erupts, as long as, obviously, you're looking at the whole thing from afar. And according to nationalgeographic.com, the majority of volcanoes in the world form along the boundaries of the Earth's tectonic plates, the massive expanses of our planet's lithosphere that continually shift, bumping into one another. When tectonic plates collide, one often plunges deep below the other, 
in what's known as a subduction zone. And as the descending land mass sinks deep into the earth, temperatures and pressures climb, releasing water from the rocks. The water slightly reduces the melting point of the overlying rocks, forming magma that can work its way to the surface, the spark of life to reawaken a slumbering volcano. And that's an explanation that we know now thanks to scholars who studied volcanoes for years on how the volcanoes are formed. But if we're going to rely on tales, the volcano in Bicol offers a completely different account for how the Mayon, Bulkang Mayon, or Mount Mayon was formed. So what is Mayon Volcano? For those who are unfamiliar, Mayon is an active stratovolcano in the province of Albay in the Bicol region of the Philippines island of Luzon. It is a prominent tourist destination because of its famed perfect cone, which has a symmetric conical shape. It has a base of 80 miles or 130 kilometers in circumference and rises to 8,077 feet or 2,462 meters from the shores of Albay Gulf. Growing up in Bicol, I was always amazed by Mayon. She is both lovely and terrifying. She has erupted numerous times, just like every other volcano. And according to Britannica.com, there have been more than 30 reported eruptions since 1616. In addition, 79 people were killed in a 1993 eruption. Following eruptions in 2000, 2006, 2009, 2014, and 2018, tens of thousands of people in adjacent villages were forced to flee. Its most severe eruption occurred in 1814 when it buried the settlement of Kagsawa and killed roughly 1,200 people. Moving on to the legend, you may have observed that I referred to Mayon as a she. You will find out why in a bit. But Madame Damiana L. Eugenio had a book named Philippine Folk Literature, The Myths. In it, there was a story of the legend of Mayong, and it talks about how Mayon came to be. It's quite lengthy, and I don't know if I'm allowed to read it, but if you have a copy of the book, go read the story yourself. Now, I'm just gonna read the shorter version I found on Wikipedia. As the legend goes, there was once a beautiful maiden named Daragang Magayon, or Daragang Magayon. Magayon was the only daughter of Makosug, which means strong, the tribal chief of Rawis, and Dawani, which means rainbow, who died shortly after giving birth to her. She grew up to be a very beautiful and sweet woman that struck the swains from faraway tribes who vied for her attention. However, none of these young men could captivate the heart of Magayon, not even the handsome but haughty Pagtuga, or eruption. Pagtuga is a hunter and the chief of the Iriga tribe. He gave fabulous gifts to Magayon, yet it was not enough to capture her attention. One day, Daragang Magayon was bathing in the Yawa River when she slipped on the rocks. Unfortunately, she did not know how to swim. Thankfully, Panganaron was passing by and saw what was happening to Daragang Magayon. So he saved her from the river. He began to court her. And after some time, Magayon accepted his proposal and he received her father's blessings. However, when Pagtuga knew about the relationship between Panganoron and Magayon, Pagtuga kidnapped Magayon's father and asked Magayon to be his wife in exchange for her father's freedom. 
Panganoran knew about the situation, so he asked his warriors to join him in the war with Pagtuga in the mountains. The war was fierce and breathtaking. The people in Magayon watched the war between the two of them. But in the end, Panganoron killed Pagtuga, and upon his victory, Magayon ran to embrace her lover. As Magayon ran towards her lover, an arrow shot by one of Pagtuga's warriors struck Panganoron, killing him. Magayon held Panganoron as he died in her arms, and Pagtuga's warriors surrounded the lovers as Magayon took the knife from Panganoron's side and shouted Panganoron's name before stabbing herself. Her father and the tribesmen witnessed how Magayon died with her lover. Her father buried them together, and as time went on, they noticed something about the place where Makusog buried the lovers. It started to form into a volcano, and when the people saw it, Makusog named it Mount Mayon after his daughter's name. And just some additional info from the story Legend of Mayong by Madame Damiana El Eugenio. In the end, it says in the story that the days that followed saw the grave rising higher and higher, attended by muffled rumblings and earthquakes, and afterwards by red-hot boulders bursting from its crater. When this occurs, old folks believe that Pagtuga, aided by Linog, agitates the volcano to get back his gifts which, following an ancient custom, were buried with Magayon. On certain days, when the tip of Mayon is covered with clouds, the old folks believe that Panganoron, or the sky or the clouds, is kissing or hugging Magayon. And when afterward rain trickles caressingly down the gentle slopes of the mountain, they insist that it is the tears of Panganoron. And for some reason, although this is just folk tales, a part of me likes to believe that when I see clouds covering Mayon, it's Panganoron hugging her. And that belief is stuck to me to this day. And that concludes the fifth episode of season 5. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new. Oh, growing up in Bicol, I've always loved Mayon. Uh, whenever I feel sad or I just need to make myself smile, I would look at her and that feeling just... It's there, you know? So I'm really happy that I was able to um, share this story with you because I really love the story of Mayon. <laughs> so yeah, if you're interested in becoming a patron, then head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod to get early access, exclusive updates, bonus episodes, and more. I've already produced 8 exclusive content that you'll find only on Patreon. The latest is about Agimat or Anting-Anting, and you can listen to it for $5 under the Tao tier. Once again, a huge thanks to Aswang Project for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks to my patrons and to you, my dear listeners. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much for waiting for me. <laughs> Please stay safe. Thanks for listening to Tabi Tabi Podcast with me, Ethan. Join me next time when I discuss more Philippine mythological content. Bye! Tabi Tabi Podcast is written, researched, produced, and hosted by me, Ethan with music by Kevin MacLeod titled The Path of the Goblin King. Sources for this podcast can be found on Tabi Tabi Podcast's Facebook page. For more updates, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Tabi Tabi Pod. See you guys next time for a brand new episode. Bye!